What's up, everybody? My name is Austin Deer. This is my co-host, Hunter Simons, and we are here to bring you the Around the Rotunda podcast, which is going to give you underground insider information of all things UVA sports from UVA fans themselves. The college football season has already kicked off. Now, while we, of course, haven't gotten to have any UVA football yet, um, thanks to a certain team over out west of Virginia, um, <laughs> uh, there has been a lot to see already within the uh, within the college football realm, especially in the ACC. Um, Clemson kicked off against Wake Forest last week, um, and college the college game day was there, um, and Hunter. Mm-hmm. Clemson looked as dominant as ever. Right. I, think I, think it's they're, I think they're sticking around around the top of the ACC for a little bit. Yeah, so Trevor Lawrence looked like a Heisman candidate again. Travis Etienne, you know, obviously another threat in the backfield yep. that is going to make a very big uh, two-punch in the, uh, for the I'd Clemson so. offense. Um, and as also Notre Dame um, went up against Duke. Duke. Yeah, Duke. Um Duke actually, Duke actually held their own a little bit. Uh, Chase Bryce, the yeah. transfer quarterback from Clemson, uh, stepped in to take over that offense under Dave Cutcliffe. Um, and also, shout out to Duke for helping uh, fill that void in our schedule on the bye, on what should have been a bye week. Yep. But you know now we get to avoid the uh, dreaded thing of opening our season up yep. against Clemson. Yeah. And now we don't have to play 10 games in a row. We have a bye week on November 14th now, I believe. So exactly. Duke doing us some big favors. Definitely shout out to them. I, I tweeted out on my account that I'll be cheering for Duke to go 10 and one this season. <laughs> Obviously they've already lost now, but I was saying, you know, just lose to UVA and I'll be cheering for them in the rest of the games. Exactly. Doing us a big favor. Exactly. <laughs> so um, we're obviously going to, you know, with this first podcast, we just want to kind of give you guys an idea of we're going to, what we're going to be talking about as, uh, as we go on. Um, first, we're going to start off talking about what our predictions are for the ACC um, as kind of give a season outlook on that. Um, and we're going to dive into the UVA into UVA schedule and uh, see, you know, kind of what we think the uh, what we think the team's going to do mm-hmm. um, against their opponents. Obviously, with it being a full ACC schedule, we're going to play some teams that you know might not have seen for a little while, given yep. you know, especially on the uh, Atlantic side of the division. Um, so now we're going to get an opportunity to play some of those teams and uh, get a Florida State's actually going to get their rematch against us from last year as well. So yep. um, but, you know, that's an intriguing game on the schedule. Um, but then we're also going to talk about uh, Ronnie Walker, the uh, transfer from Indiana, uh, give you an update on what his status is uh, with his waiver. And then, uh, you know, we're going to close it out from there. So to, yeah. to kick things off, uh, Hunter, you want to talk about your ACC predictions a little bit? Yeah, yeah, might as well. I guess we, uh, you know, can go ahead and just, take a look at our uh, projected order of finish. Um, I think it <laughs> probably doesn't need to be said, but obviously COVID is going to be something we'll be battling all season long. So this was done completely expecting all games to be played. You know, we obviously know there's probably a decent chance that like a game or two here and there at a minimum will probably not happen for each team. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, just going off of what we know today and what's on the schedule, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and just give our, our projections for each team. Um, so without any further ado there, I think we can uh, start off with the basement dwellers. And I think we have the same team down at the bottom. In fact, I believe we have them projected the exact same record of uh, one and nine in the ACC and two and nine overall is uh, Syracuse Orange. Um, 
So, you know, from my perspective, at least, I think that last year they had a lot of hype coming into the season. I think that they had had a pretty good 2018 season. I want to say they went like 10 and three or 10 and four. Um, they hit that 10 win threshold where usually people start to think like, oh, this team's pretty legit. Exactly. Um, I think they gave Clemson a run for their money that year after beating them the year before. And people really thought. Syracuse was trending up in the right direction. Um, people, so, people really thought that Dino Babers was going to be the answer there. Yeah, and especially after that that big season that they had, you know, things seemed to be on the on the up and up for for yep. the Syracuse team. Yeah, but you know, Hunter, I watched them against North Carolina last week, and I mean, they just looked all over the place. Their offense couldn't move the football. Their defense held their own for the most part against North Carolina, and you know, we can chalk that up to being a shortened off season for North Carolina, whatnot. But we all know what North Carolina is capable of doing yeah, this year. And so, you know, I'm going to consider that as a fluke. Um, you know, North Carolina ended up pulling away in the yeah. fourth quarter and they started figuring things out a little bit. So I think we're definitely in agreement, um, which I mean, in all reality, the bottom, probably the bottom five, bottom four uh, for the ACC is pretty much all about the same. I think we're chopping up about yeah. Boston College, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, kind of all being teams that – aren't going to really do a whole lot this yeah. year. And I think what, you know, you can, if you take a look at the ACC, you can kind of segment it into what's probably tier one slash tier one, tier one B with Clemson kind of being that like upper echelon. I don't think anyone's touching them. Probably Notre Dame, North Carolina, and that next level of like probably going to contend uh, for that second spot in the ACC championship. But then, you know, when you look, kind of take a look, honestly, even in, you can lump North Carolina into this next category of just three through 10, where exactly. I would not be that surprised if there could be any random order there. It's, it's so hard to predict, especially in this kind of season, but exactly. Um, you know, obviously we're doing the best we can to project here. And I, I did want to give one caveat before we get a little bit further on is that these projections were done prior to last week's games. So, you know, I think all, I think both of us had actually projected Florida state to beat, Georgia Tech. Tech. <laughs> so these, yep, these, exactly. these order finishes reflective of that. Um, obviously, Georgia Tech went into Tallahassee last week and and took down Mike Norvell and, and the Seminoles in the first game. So that was personally brings me a lot of joy. I, I kind of take a little bit of joy in watching both Florida teams struggle, um, but maybe that's just a personal vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you one thing: what a uh, what a disaster that Mike Norvell has walked into. Oh I mean, he had couple good years at Memphis thanks to his one good quarterback that he had and yeah. you know thinking that he's the answer you know I think it's seriously going to take a well-known name that has proven success in the past in power five conferences to really turn that program around and I mean they went and got Willie Taggart a couple of years ago and he had one decent year at Oregon, but nothing ever showed that. Yeah, that he was he was the answer there. Yeah, I think the jury's still out on Norvell. Obviously, I'll be curious to see. I just think for me, and, and this is one thing we're super blessed with the the University of Virginia is. I think what Florida State needs more than anything else is just discipline and a coach that'll come in and look at all of these egos in the room. Because let's be honest, they have a bunch of four star and five star athletes that might be a little bit more concerned about themselves and the actual team. I think they need a coach that can come in and actually just install some sense of responsibility and, and integrity and, you know, all the accountability, all those kind of things that you throw out there that I think that they're just missing. And it shows on the field when the second that adversity hits, they, they tend to shell up and start making mistakes and have penalties. So, um, you know, I think that it, it'll take, 
it'll take a, a, a complete overhaul. And I think the fact that people thought that Norvell could come in and have success right away was a little bit overly ambitious. And yeah. as you'll see in our projections, I think neither of us really expected uh, a quick turnaround. So exactly, exactly. And you know, I think it's you know we you know now that we've kind of touched on the bottom part yeah. of the ACC. You know, obviously with Wake Forest losing Jamie Newton, and they've had a couple opt outs as well that. Um, especially in their wide receiving Sage course, Surratt. yeah, say yeah. Surratt. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a that's a huge loss for them. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't think that they're going to compete that much this year. Um, you know, they they might they might hang around a couple games, but yeah, good coach. Um, you um, know, Georgia Tech Georgia Tech is still trying to find their their footing uh, with that new offense. Um, it's it's a matter of just them getting the recruits that's going to fit that offense as well. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's still going to be a couple of years for them. But as far as the middle of the pack goes, I mean. This is probably the hardest thing to predict for me is because, I mean, you have a Miami team who's got a new quarterback and Dariq mm-hmm. King from Houston. Um, you don't really know what he's capable of. I mean, yeah. yeah, they played UAB last week, and he looked fine, but, I mean, it wasn't yeah. anything spectacular. But, I mean, sure, you're never going to have anything that overly spectacular when you're jumping into a brand-new offense. Sure. Um, and then, you know, you have Virginia – who, you know, obviously we, we you lost know, we, Perkins. we lost Bryce Perkins on <laughs> 70 some percent if, if of, our offense, of our offense. I'm a Virginia Tech fan yet. <laughs> we, we've lost 75% of our offense. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it, and I mean, you can look at all the quote unquote expert analysis guys that, um, from ESPN and CBS Sports and whatever that are saying, oh yeah, UVA is done for. They're you know finished tenth in the league. You know that's it's going to be. They don't think that we're going to be worth anything. Yeah. But you know I think that's one thing that's worth noting is the amount of people that we return on defense, which we'll get into that with our next episode mm-hmm. when we preview the Duke game and depth chart will be coming out as well. Um, so we'll be sure to get into that more in depth about how great that defense is actually going to be. Mm-hmm. They have a team like Pitt. They return Pickett. Um, you know. They always have a story great defense. defense. Great defense. Um, you know, you can kind of just count on that ground and pound type mm-hmm. um, offense as well. A um, team that's you know really they value physicality. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that's something that you know I think that really could help them if they can get the offense moving the football under Kenny Pickett. Yep. Then you know I think that they could seriously you know make a name for themselves in the for ACC sure. this year, which is sure. something that's so wide open outside of Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah, um, I've still even got a little bit of questions about Notre Dame, honestly, after that Duke game. But we can get into yeah, that again. Yeah. That so let's let's go ahead. I think that like let's let's give our projected order finish real quick for like ten, fifteen up to ten, okay. and then let's talk about that middle of the pack where you know I think we're going to really see our our, our ratings kind of deviate a little bit sure. from each other. So I think um, you know I'll, I'll start with mine. So like, I had. Syracuse in 15th, Boston College in 14th, also going 1-9 and nine and 2-9. and nine. I think that I did have Boston College beating Syracuse, so they'd have the tiebreaker there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have NC State in 13th, uh, Wake Forest in 12th, and then Georgia Tech in 11th. Um, and then in 10th place, Florida State. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much similar similar type of thing for me, um, except I think mine was a little bit flip-flopped. Uh, I had Syracuse at the bottom, uh, Georgia Tech at 2-8 and eight and 2-9. Um, Blake Forrest also at two and eight, uh, and then overall three and eight. Uh, Boston College uh, three and seven, three and eight. Duke three and seven, four and seven, and then at tenth I have Florida State um, four and six and five and six. Yeah. So you know after seeing Duke against Notre Dame last week, um, you know 
kind of makes me wonder, you know, will that team be a little bit better than, mm-hmm. you know, I had originally projected. But, you know, like I said, these these, uh, these predictions were made before the season sure. started, so it was kind of hard to tell. But, yeah, yeah let's, so let's talk about the uh, the middle of the pack a little bit and kind of what, what were your thoughts on as far as, you know, nine through right nine through five. Yeah, so, so, I, so ninth, I have Duke going four and six in ACC and five and six. I think, you know, I think Chase Bryce – is going to provide something to this team in terms of like a good succession plan at quarterback. Obviously that Daniel Jones two years ago, um, I believe the guy's name last year was Quentin Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pretty solid. You know, I don't think he quite lived up to the expectations that Duke's fan, Duke fans had for him, but he was still, you know, middle of the pack, I'd say in ACC quarterback ratings. I think Chase Bryce kind of continues that level of, you know, at least having comfortable, comfort at the quarterback position. Um, I think one thing to call out for Duke is that um, Cutcliffe took over the offensive play calling for this season again. He took that back from the offensive coordinator. So I think that, you know, just the fact that he's kind of taken a little bit more ownership with a new quarterback, uh, I think their offense will be probably improved this season. Um, I do have some questions around possibly just, you know, Duke, I don't think they're any worse than last year. I just think that there's quite a few teams to me that maybe have just gotten a little bit better mm-hmm. and might have passed them in the order. But I still would not be surprised at all if Duke ended up finishing up in like fifth or fourth place. Still, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's just so unpredictable at this point. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I think I have I have NC State in that spot. I think there's just a lot of unknown uh, surrounding that team. I think mm-hmm. they really had a down year last year, um, but. You know, they. I think. I think we could possibly see them make a make a turn for the uh, yeah for the better. Um, they had a lot of injuries down the stretch exactly. last they, season. I think they had you know almost pretty much their entire starting defense was hurt. Yep. Um, especially on the uh, on the defensive back and uh, safety side, I think they were really struggling on on that front. And uh, we know what that feels like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, yeah, I think they have a, a second-year quarterback, a sophomore quarterback that, you know, he, while he didn't have a great season last year, he at least got some reps and some experience that I think will help him with the upcoming season. So I think NC State's another one of those wild-card teams where it's just – I mean, it's the ACC. It's chaos. We have no idea really what's going to end up yeah, happening. Exactly. But, you know, they're a team that I could see them, again, finishing anywhere from the middle of the pack down to, honestly, even down to 15th, just depending on how they actually come out and play. So, For sure. For sure, we shall see. And then you know, I think from six to six to eight, we both have the same teams. We have Pittsburgh, Virginia, Miami, all in different orders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have Pittsburgh at six, Virginia at seven, Miami at eight. I have Virginia at six, Pittsburgh at seven, and Miami at eight. Yeah. So I think it's you know for those three teams, I think it's really going to be a toss up. A lot of it's going to come down to um, you know three pretty good defenses. Um, as far as that goes, but I think a lot of it's going to come down to whose offense is going to perform better. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I touched on before, like, you know, Kenny Pickett, is he going to be able to really lead that offense down the field and consistently score? Mm-hmm. Um, is Dury King going to live up to the hype of being a Heisman hopeful that yeah. everybody's making him out to be? Um, and then is for Virginia, is Brennan Armstrong going to be able to fill the shoes that Bryce Perkins left behind. Right. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, is really going to be interesting to see this year is, um, you know, what, uh, what's that offense going to do uh, right. under Robert, Robert and I, how is he, how is he adjusting, adjusting it, you know, with, with Brandon Armstrong being a little bit, not as, not as mobile as Bryce, but so different kind of runner. It, it's a different kind of runner. Right, I think it's more of a power runner, but you know, mm-hmm. one thing you also have to think about is uh, Keaton Thompson. Yep. You know, the transfer from Mississippi State. How are they going to incorporate him into the offense as well? It's going to be interesting to see. I'll put it this way. I think he's going to play. 
and I don't think it's necessarily going to be a quarterback all the time. Interesting. So but, uh, I guess it's something we'll have to look we'll out have for. To, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to look out for it. I think the sneaky uh, – if you put on your detective glasses watching some UVA football videos, you might be able to see 99 out there on the field at the same time as Brendan Armstrong. But uh, you have to really be <laughs> overanalyzing the video like I am. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, I think you're right. I think that – six through eight range it, it, that just feels right for those teams mm-hmm. um i think you know to me i have pittsburgh ahead of virginia but i think that's honestly just alphabetical like we don't play <laughs> pittsburgh so there's no head-to-head there <laughs> exactly. i have going six and four seven and four i'm kind of disappointed that we don't play Pitt this i year. know that's one that i've actually grown fond of just i think that's a good measuring stick for us in terms of like how physical are we and are we up to the task in terms of like the physical side of the game exactly. um, i think that you know playing them first last year it was a huge tone setter for like the rest of our season but um you know i think a team with like miami obviously i think they're going to be probably more talented than a majority of the conference in terms of just like the people that they have on the team from like a recruiting ranking standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, I have a really hard time like buying into the hype every single year. I'm so sick of hearing that the U is back and the U is going to be like the team to contend with Clemson for the conference title. And every year they, you know, I think they have the one 10 win season, but other than that, they, they failed a really, little really, yeah. I'm just kind of so sick of this narrative at this point. So, um, I think let's, there, I let's think, be honest, Manny Diaz was never the answer there. Yeah, I'm very happy that they hired him, um, to be honest. But I think that they still have the potential, obviously, to always be a pretty good team. I think that they match up well with UVA from a standpoint of it's just going to be an ugly defensive game whenever mm-hmm. they play each other. Um, but Again, I, I just kind of see that middle of the conference for them. I think that's a fair place to put them. Um, for sure. And then pretty much top five, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, obviously the top two are Clemson and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if I think we're kind of flipping around the uh, three through five. Who, who do you have? So I've got, I've got Tech coming up in fifth. Um, I think – that game, they have a game against Louisville, and like I want to say in the middle or the latter half of the season, that I think is going to be like kind of the game of the year in the sense of I think whoever wins that game honestly has a decent chance to contend for the ACC title. And, and when I say that, I mean to get to the conference championship. To, 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 to cement their second place the, spot in the ACC. The ACC sacrificial <laughs> lamb to Clemson. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, uh, but, you know, then I have Louisville in fourth. Um, I, th- I have the same record for both of them, seven and three in the conference, eight and three overall. Um, and then I have North Carolina in third, running eight and two in the ACC and nine and two overall. Um, I think with these three, it's so difficult to really, like, put them in order. I think I could really easily see it going any way. But I mm-hmm. do think those three um, – you know, they all have a lot coming back on offense. They have explosive players on the offensive side of the ball. So I would expect all three of these teams to be able to put up a lot of points. Maybe not Tech as much as North Carolina and Louisville, but we know Tech is always going to have a solid defense. Now there mm-hmm. is obviously the huge question mark of, like, replacing Bud Foster. Um, they I, feel seem, like the, I feel like that's the elephant in the room that we've yeah, been kind of yeah, yeah. They <laughs> neglecting to, to talk about at this, at this their, point. <laughs> their fans seem to think that it will just be a very smooth transition but I think, you know, I think any fan will tell you that's had a coach at the helm for years and then there's a, a change in the offseason. There's always going to be a little bit of heartburn around that. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that actually plays out. But um, I do think that overall their defense will be good enough regardless for them to win a lot of games. Um, 
but you know, we'll see. Can Tech even field a team in in the season? Like honestly, I don't know what the ACC's protocol is going to be, but if Tech has to have a third and fourth game like postponed due to COVID, at what point does the ACC just say like? I'm sorry, like, you're not worth the risk. Like, is, yeah. it, is it actually Obviously, worth- there's been a lot of problems <laughs> as far as the COVID protocols have gone, but... They have know, a lot of problems. Obviously, you know, we can't, we can't really speak to, speak to that too much, but, um, you know, hopefully uh, they'll figure things out so that, you know, we can have that, have that rivalry game at the, at, the, at the end of the season, frigid. December 12th, um, and the frigid cold of Blacksburg, and keep that cup back in Charlottesville. Um, so pretty much it was the same for me uh, for the most part. Uh, I did have I did have Virginia Tech up in third. Um, so I pretty much just flip-flop them in uh, Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then North Carolina had finishing at fourth. Um, but Virginia Tech, I mean, I think, I think if they are able to play their season, I definitely see them performing at a high level. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as I hate to say it, um, I think their defense is going to be better than it was last year. I think Hendon Hooker is going to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously it's nothing that you really want to hear as a UVA sure. fan, but unfortunately, sometimes you just got to speak the truth. It's mm-hmm. just it's part it's part of it. Um, we'll you know, see. I think we both hedge a little bit on the side of like let's let's go ahead and buy into this Virginia Tech hype that their fans create and put them up on that pedestal because it's so great to watch them fall. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah. um, so going on from there, um, so that's pretty much our ACC predictions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you have any questions or comments about it, you know, be sure to uh, hit us up on social media. Um, we'll give you guys the uh, all the tags and everything uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, now we're going to jump into our UVA schedule um, to kind of give you guys an idea of how we think the season's going to go. And, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and kick it off uh, with the Duke game, which is be coming up in, you know, a few short days. Yep, yep. So, you know, I think we both are on the same side of things here. Um, you know, we both are seeing Virginia come out with a, a victory. Um, I do think it'd be a tough game. Uh, Duke will have two games under their belt at that point. We'll see how they perform. We're recording this on Saturday morning, so we'll see how they perform against Boston College today. Um, I think that'll help to really continue to gauge how good of a team they are. Obviously, like getting any games in before your opponent probably usually helps you to figure things out a little bit, but... I do think that this UVA team comes out with the bang this season. I actually have a really good feeling about, um, you know, just our ability to possibly like surprise some people offensively. I think that if you listen to the coaches, you know, we'll get into this more when we actually break down the team um, in our next podcast, but you know, you can tell the coaches are actually pretty excited about Brennan Armstrong at the helm and the, some of the weapons he has around him. So I think that offensively, I, I have this bold prediction. I think we'll come out and score on the first drive and shut some people up a little bit and ultimately end up winning that game 31 to 20 um, in a game that our defense really, shows that like hey we're we're still here <laughs> for sure for sure and i think mine's about about similar um you know i definitely agree with you on uh, your points there um i have uva winning 28 17 i definitely think it's going to it might take a little while for the offense to get their feet wet um you know mm-hmm. like you said with with duke having the uh first couple of games under their belt uh mm-hmm. you know they'll be a little bit more sound i think you know with a fresh new quarterback on uh on uva's offense um and brennan armstrong i think it might it might take a little bit it might take a drive or two to really figure out okay where's the right positions that we need to be in sure. right formations and everything then find this maybe find some it might take some extra time to really uh get some uh, what's the word i'm looking for um 
physical chemistry with his wide receivers. Yeah. And so that's something that, you know, we'll have to really keep an eye on. And another thing too, I mean, who's going to help out in the backfield, you know, besides mm-hmm. Talapapa. Um, so that's something that, you know, we'll talk about when the depth chart comes out and see who's really going to be able to help make that impact, especially with Ronnie yep. Walker in question for the season. Yeah. Yep. So, I think a lot will be on Shane Simpson's shoulders to come in and be ready to play right away and, and factor into the offense like pretty quickly. So, exactly. Again, we'll get into that ne- uh, in the next pod. But. For sure. Um, so jumping over to ne- the following week, um, we go to Clemson uh, to Death Valley. Uh, so, you know, I think it's pretty self-explanatory how this one's going to go. Um, I don't really see it being competitive. You know, I think – we may hang around for a little while in the first quarter, just defensively, but yeah. that offense is going to be way too much for, for anyone to handle this year. So I got UVA losing 42-10. to 10. I just don't think – I mean, that will be able to score too much, and the defense is yeah. going to be on the field way too often to be able to hold yeah. that offense the way they, sure. we, especially, they could. Especially this game coming so early in the season. And I'll say the one thing I think we'll have – uh, going for us a little bit compared to the last time we saw them in the ACC championship is hopefully we will have a fully healthy defense um, that will be able to mitigate a little bit of their offensive firepower. <laughs> and that being said, there's only so much you can do. Uh, I think we both see them scoring in the forties. I've got 41, 17, you've got 42 to 10. Um, I'm hopeful that we might be able to like put some solid offensive drives together. I think this game, you know, you kind of go in, obviously you want to win every game, but I think that, We'll probably be content with the fact that, hey, this is just a superior team. They're going to be the number one team in the country. It's a matter of having realistic expectations. Yeah, so I think we can take a lot of like moral victories from the game if we're able to show on offense, like, hey, we can actually put a drive or two together against one of the best defenses in the country. Um, and then if our defense is able to come out and make a couple plays, I'll feel pretty good. I think this overall is just going to be a good – hopeful learning experience for the team. Um, and I don't even know if there's really been that much more to say about it. I mean. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we get to come back home to Scott against NC state. I think this is going to be a nice little bounce back game for the team. Um, you know, after being beaten up by Clemson a little bit, um, hopefully NC state will be a, an opportunity for the offense to get their footing under their, their belt again. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of, Figure out, figure things out from you know what mistakes might have been made against Clemson, and uh, hopefully the the defense will not per se rest, but will uh, definitely have it a lot easier than they than they would have against uh, Clemson. Yeah. So I see this being a easy blowout, thirty five fourteen. You know, I don't I don't really see a whole lot of competition here. I think the defense uh, gives NC State a lot of problems early, and the mm-hmm. offense is only going to feed off of that. Yeah, and I I, I kind of have this game circled as hopefully the Brennan Armstrong coming out party. I think after, you know, obviously Duke being the first game, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, like you said, for him to get integrated in the offense. I think Clemson is obviously a really difficult second test, but I think coming home against NC state, this game kind of sets up perfectly in the early season for our offense to maybe actually start to gel and show after two weeks of playing like, okay, this is what we're actually about. Um, So I've got us winning 38 to 14, really similar to you. I think that our defense is just going to be too much for NC state. And I think that we'll have the ball a majority of the game here. Exactly. Um, Then we traveled a week the following week. Um, I think this is another simple pick of it's not going to we'll it's not going to be we'll too see. competitive but wake wake might give us a little bit of run for their run for our money for yeah. i think the first quarter and a half but uh, i think the defense will prove to be too much and you know it's another another big day for brandon armstrong yeah and i think i see this game going a little bit different from you but 
in a similar vein, I, I, I think we're going to win. Um, I do think Dave Clawson at Wake has been a really good coach, kind of similar-ish to Bronco in the sense of, hey, like on paper, we're not as, as talented as the rest of the conference, but, you know, we're able to actually be really disciplined and well-coached. And I think that there is something to be said about that and some respect that I build into Wake because of that. Um, that being said, as we kind of mentioned, they've lost a lot offensively, even within this season with opt-outs. Um, I do think Sam Hartman is a good quarterback. He actually narrowly lost out to Jamie Newman last year in preseason to be the QB one and ended up playing a decent bit for wake as uh, Jamie Newman struggled with some injuries going down the stretch. Uh, that being said, I think that I don't see a whole lot from them defensively. I think we're going to be able to put up some points against them. So I see that game 41 to 28 and what's probably a game where we actually pull away a little bit late. So you're expecting a lot of other offense. I think that I think that they've got some weapons. I think that they schematically set up in a way that allows them to score. They play really fast, up-tempo offense. Um, I've seen UVA struggle a little bit in the past with up-tempo offense. Um, when we have time to like kind of diagnose what the other team is running pre-snap, I think it's when we're really good. Um, but I just think you know this is a game where I could just see you know it being back and forth for a while, but I do think eventually we pull away. For sure. So then we go to Miami. Um, it's never easy for this team going down to Coral Gables, Florida, um, playing against this team. Two years in um, a row. For some, for some <laughs> reason, it seems like we play – I mean, this game is always close. Uh, it's it's close every year. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I can't even remember the last time that it was truly a blowout. I think maybe in Broncos' first year maybe. was I when I think when we went down there and uh, I think Kurt Benker actually had a pretty big day, um, but the defense was so bad yeah. that uh, you know I think it was it was just uh, they proved to be too much. But um, I, I don't see this one being a game that we come out victorious. I think if it, we were in Scott, I think it's a different stadium, uh, a different situation. Excuse me, um, but. You know, ultimately, I, I definitely see this being a grind defensive type game that, mm -hmm. you know, Miami might win on a last minute touchdown as a, um, you know, I think they I think they come out on top 21-17. I think they yeah. handle us their second loss of the season. Yeah, and I think you, you hit on a lot of the points here where you know, this game just gets ugly. The past two seasons, it's been the, the ugliest game we've played offensively, even then when we got the win in Charlottesville, I think it was 16 to 13. Yeah. That game. I'm pretty sure Bryce threw three picks. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, it wasn't a good game offensively. I think that was our coming out party for our defense that year. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this game personally, like I have my projected score of us losing 24 to 13. I also can very easily see us winning this game. I just think, I have a bad feeling. I just kind of a feeling that it's going to be really ugly again. And I just don't like us in ugly games against Miami. Yeah. I think it's and just a, a theme at this point that I would love to see us erase and go put up 35 points on them. That'd be ideal. But yes. I think just being realistic, they're going to pose a couple problems defensively for us that um, might, you know, it might just be a little bit too much to overcome. And part of me almost thinks that, you know, we can go in there with a almost like a chip on our shoulder because, I mean, last time we were there, that's when we should have won that game. It's when Bryce Hall went down mm -hmm. playing special teams. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there's almost a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth from that game and thinking, man, we really should have had this one. Oh, yeah. And I feel like Bryce Hall going down was just something that, you know, really – I think that really, 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 really changed the pace of the game, changed the feel of it. You know, I think it really gave a lot of momentum to Miami. 
Um, so I, I'm, I would like to think that we'll come out on top of this one and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think I have to go with my gut and, you know, say that we take a loss here and then jumping to the following week, um, doesn't get any easier playing mm -hmm. UNC. Um, it's a real tough stretch between Miami, UNC and Louisville. Um, I think the defense is seriously going to be reeling, um, from that tough battle against Miami. Um, mm -hmm. and I think we lose in a shootout to UNC. I think it'd be 42, 35. Um, you know, I don't expect a whole lot from UNC's defense to begin with. I mean, obviously they played Syracuse last week and that's kind of a hard way to tell whether or sure. not they're going to be any good. Um, but you know, mm -hmm. I think, I think the offense will definitely pick up, um, pick up the slack a little bit from what they may, might have struggled yeah. against Miami and um, really put on a show against UNC. But I think the defense is really going to be hurting from, uh, from facing yeah, Miami. So it's going to be tough to stop beating and bruised a little bit coming into this one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think everybody, everybody knows what the same how what Deami Brown UNC's their offense is capable of. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a team that's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year, and especially if they can pull off an upset or two, um, you could definitely see them competing for a national championship. But that's a oh, that's an extremely oh, bold the prediction there. The um, so, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself on that mm -hmm. one uh, because you know they did just somewhat struggle against Syracuse, but. Like I said, I was chalking it up as a fluke. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think they're. I think they're. You know, you're obviously on the right page. I think their offense is super dynamic, and we had a lot of trouble slowing them down last year um, in Chapel Hill. And what was by far, in my opinion, the most entertaining game of the season, mm -hmm. um, especially from a neutral fan perspective, just seeing. Two teams that are lighting up the scoreboard for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter, nobody scored a point. Uh, was pretty interesting, but I kind of see a similar theme happening here. Um, I have us losing forty-nine to thirty-five, kind of like Austin said. Like just the defense, I could see being really run down after a, what it's going to be a really physical game down in Miami. Um, <clears throat> that being said, I, I see us being able to score on the on this North Carolina defense. I, I think that schematically, the way we set up, um, you know, there's there's some potential for us to really, really light up the scoreboard as well. Um, the way I kind of see this game going and based on the way I picked it, I actually see us really like keeping it like, you know, touchdown, 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 like back and forth um, for the whole game. And then Carolina takes a late 42, 35 lead. And then, you know, maybe we throw a pick six or, or something. We're trying to like, you know, really trying to come back and make a, make, you know, Make the ball even, but I yeah. think I think ultimately like their offense just has a little bit more juice than us. Um, I think one thing to be noted though is that Mac Brown has never won a game in Charlottesville ever in his entire career um, in two stints at North Carolina. Obviously, this will be his first time coming to Charlottesville in the second stint. Um, so one thing, just one thing to keep in mind is that maybe there's some sort of little mental block there. So. That's going in our favor, but I do think Sam Howell showed last year what he can do to the Virginia defense <laughs> if sure. he has a little bit of time to think. So absolutely, we'll see how that goes, though. So then we uh, like to so move on to Louisville on um, <laughs> the following week, and uh, you know I see this being another shootout. But um, you know I think ultimately I think our defense will hopefully have recovered at this point and will help a little bit, but Louisville still has a very good, good offense, really? a great quarterback um, as well. Uh, so I, I see this kind of being a back and forth game um, and UVA winning on a late second field goal by Brian Delaney. Yeah. Take, take this one 34, 31. Yeah. So I think this one along with UNC Miami, I think it's three kind of toss up games. If you look at it, um, I, I see us getting at least one win out of the three. Um, it could be any of the three or it could be all of the three. Um, but I, I'm seeing Louisville 
Um, I think that our defense after, you know, probably being pretty pissed off to give up 49 points the week before in my prediction prediction comes out and makes a statement against a electric Louisville offense. And I think, you know, one thing that I've seen with our team is the ability to stop the run has been really good over the years. And I think that, you know, if you can stop the run against Louisville, their offense becomes really one dimensional. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Mikhail Cunningham is a great passer when, the run is not an option, if that makes sense. Yes. So if you take away the run and make him predictable, I think we could have, we could get, cause some issues there. And I still think Louisville is a year or two away defensively from being a truly elite team. And I think we're still able to put up enough points to win. So I have us winning 33 to 24. And what's a good statement win after a couple rough weeks? Yeah, exactly. So then we, uh, we had the bye week. Thank goodness we much needed after that tough stretch. Um, and then we uh, go to the added game on the schedule with, uh, FCS foe Adeline Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be honest. I don't think either one of us sees this being competitive whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have a horrible track record. Um, I think they lost like their last five games of last season. Yeah. Um, and I see them winning 63 seven. You have them winning 59 to six. Um, we can go ahead and move on from this game. The only thing I want to <laughs> say is I want to see four quarterbacks in this game. I want to see Lindell Stone. This might be this might be the opportunity where we get to see a little bit of Ear Armstead as well. I think Ear is in hopefully before the end of the first half in this game. That would be awesome. And then I would, I would love that. I think yeah. at least Armstrong will get a half. We'll see, man. <laughs> Knowing the way Bronco is a little reluctant to pull out the starters, yeah, I could see him playing a half. But in my fairy tale land where everybody gets to play, I would love to see Lindell Stone actually get to play a quarter of football that'd be pretty funny at this point he's essentially just a member of the coaching staff yeah exactly has, has a helmet. um <laughs> so it'd be pretty fun to watch him play just you know just for, from a heartwarming perspective but i do agree with you i think our ira armstead would be one to really watch out for in this game to kind of see what he looks like in the uva offense against you know an actual in, in an actual competition mm-hmm. so um, it'll be exciting to see because i mean you know they've, they've been riding high yeah him. and honestly um, we'll be coming off a bye week with three games before that that are just gonna be battles i think we're gonna come out just thirsty for blood like sure. i think we're gonna be no mercy against abilene christian definitely <laughs> so then we uh we jumped to uh go to Tal- down to tallahassee, tallahassee for a week mm-hmm. uh, and then uh you know i i think this is a game that shouldn't be a problem um, you know, obviously you're playing in Tallahassee, which is a not it's a, a mental block a little bit. It's, it's a mental block just because it's not an easy place to win. Sure. Um, you know, it's uh, but I mean, obviously it's not going to have the same feel as if it was a, you know, a full stadium in sure. there as well. Um, but I think this is going to be a team that is going to be reeling throughout the season, really struggling to find their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think after this big win against Abilene Christian, I think the defense really – stops this Florida State team um, yeah. and doesn't really give them any room. To I don't think James Blackman is going to have a lot of answers for Virginia's defense. I don't think so either. I think I think UVA will score enough points to um, make this game feel out of Florida State's hands. I think it'll be 28-14. Nothing, nothing crazy, but, you know, I think it's going to be just one of those games that UVA is going to play solid football and, mm-hmm. you know, smart football to take a win out of, out of there. Yeah, and I think the way we both kind of have Florida State's season going, the, the way we're projecting it, I think 
you know, by the time it's late November at this point, November 28th, I just see like Florida State kind of having like maybe rolled over and just thrown up the white flag for the season. They're a team that mentally checks out the second things get difficult mm-hmm. historically. And at that point in the season, I think that we both have them like sub 500. I just don't think they have a whole lot to play for. Um, I think we really take advantage of that, knowing like it's just our headstrong capability that Bronco really has instilled for our team. Um, so I, I see the same kind of story, 24 to 14, UVA's defense, super solid. And I think, you know, offense is efficient enough to go ahead and put 24 points on the board and just like make this a game that, you know, we're never really even too worried about. Exactly. Exactly. So then we come back home uh, for last game of the season uh, at Scott Stadium uh, for our seniors. So mm-hmm. technically it would be senior day. I'm really interested to see how they would uh, perform, how they would do those ceremonies and everything. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're it, it should be an easy win. You know, we're playing Boston College. Um, you know, I don't really expect a whole lot out of this game. Um, you know, Boston College is – a physical team, but they're new coach. It's a new uh, coach, but you know they lost AJ Dillon, who was mm-hmm. obviously one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the ACC last year. He's now playing on Sundays. Um, I think to me, I have a little bit of concern about this game, just because I don't think we fared well against Boston College historically, and it's one of those Atlantic teams, like you said, where we don't see them very often, so it's just mm-hmm. really kind of difficult to know how we match up with them, but I, I'm going to take, like, I'm going to trust that we're just going to have things put together at that point in the season, and that our defense is going to keep us in every game, and that we'll score enough points. To, yeah, I mean, to, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be coming off a big win in Tallahassee, and I mean, if you want to call it big, uh, with how bad Florida State mm-hmm. is now, um, but you know, I think it's going to mean something to this team to especially to get back-to-back wins against Florida State Mm -hmm. uh to come off and you know the defense is going to be feeling good offense is going to be feeling good and they're going to get that dub and they're going to want some good momentum going into that game against Virginia Tech yeah definitely which leads us to the final game of the season against Virginia Tech and Schittsburg uh should be nice 15 degree crisp winter day (laughs) yeah that team that so many people like to call Wofford East or um you know that (laughs) there's a lot of or Vautech or you know VPI there's a lot of different names for it or the team without the Commonwealth Cup right now you know that's no national championships either um you know there's a a lot of different things that you can that you can call them but you know we're going to call them Virginia Tech for the sake of uh you know Keeping things somewhat professional, I guess you want to say. Um, And this game, it was extremely hard to predict. You have UVA, who won last year in Scott Stadium, an extremely Mm -hmm. emotional win, breaking that 16-year streak, winning the Coastal for the first time Mm -hmm. in team history. And I feel like to get over the hump, it's really going to take a win in Blacksburg. To really solidify themselves as taking the next step is going to take a win in Blacksburg. Mm-hmm. Is this the year that's going to happen? I really don't know. Yeah. And going with my gut and because I have horrible expectations and, you know, trying, I, I'm bad about setting high expectations for for teams that I like because I get let down so yeah. many times over the years. <laughs> um, I, I am going to chalk this one up as a hard fought loss. Um, you know, it's, it, it pains me. God, it pains me to say this. Um, I think Virginia Tech's offense is going to make the difference. Um, I think they're. 
I think overall, I think they're going to have a solid team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Hendon Hooker is going to be looking for revenge, uh, especially how the way the game ended last year yeah. um, with the fumble in the end zone. Um, you know, it's, it, it's so it's so hard to predict because I feel like both the teams are very similar in that way, but I feel like the experience that Virginia Tech is going to have is going to favor them in this game, especially them being able to be back in lane. Mm-hmm. And who knows by this time, we might even have fans in the stands. I yeah, mean, one can one can hope. I mean, because we'll I would love, believe me, if fans can be there, I'm there. For sure. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna be heading out to Blacksburg that weekend if we're able to. I yeah, that. exactly. Uh, I think I'm on the same page as you, like a hundred percent. I will say I did project this game before hearing about like our game getting postponed with them. So this was my L prediction was based on playing them first game of the season. Knowing Tech's problems within their program, Justin Fuente doesn't seem to have a handle on things as much as he should, not just with COVID, but honestly, like, there's always problems around Virginia Tech with the transfer portal, and they just had their best defensive, one of their best defensive players, one opted out and basically called out the program for not handling COVID correctly. That's true. The second best defensive player, in my opinion, Devin Hunter, is now sitting in prison still. Um, so I do think that yeah, we, have the, <laughs> we have the edge from a mentality and from a discipline standpoint mm-hmm. that really, really, really makes me want to pick UVA. I think, honestly, if I was as formed as I am about UVA and not an actual UVA fan, I think this is one of those bold predictions where you would pick UVA. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm going to go with the emotional hedge. Just like you, <laughs> I can't pick us to beat Tech two years in a row so, until we do it. Yep. So I'm going to say it's an L, but I would say I, I would give UVA at least a 50% chance to win. 100%. It's better than the what, 29% chance that the ESPN FPI gives gives us. Yeah, who cares what they say? <laughs> they're always wrong. <laughs> so Hunter and I have the same uh, record here. Uh, yep. UVA is going to finish 7-4 and four in the ACC. Uh, I'm sorry, seven and four overall, six and four in the ACC. Yeah. Um, overall, a pretty solid season considering uh, the circumstances of losing 73% of our offense and Bryce Perkins. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely think that Brandon Armstrong is really going to take the reins. I think they're going to have him fully prepared. Bronco Mendenhall was even talking before last year that he thinks that Brent, that he thought Brandon Armstrong was capable of taking oh, over the reins if anything were to happen to Bryce Perkins. Um, so I think this defense is going to show us a lot this year. I think it's going to be really exciting to watch. Um, unfortunately, as much as we wish we could be joining everybody in Scott Stadium this year, um, we hope that you guys can comfortably watch the season from your homes mm-hmm. on the television and uh, singing, yeah. singing the good old song after every touchdown with, with your families in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so as far as the schedule goes, that's what we have. Um, then we're going to – now I want to talk a little bit about Ronnie Walker, um, who was the Indiana transfer. Everybody's been kind of wondering, with, especially with uh, Peacock and P.K. Kyer gone, um, you know, there's a little bit – a lot of questions surrounding the running back room and how much depth we're going to have. Um, obviously, we had Shane Simpson, the transfer from Townsend, coming in. Um, that's something to look forward to. Um, I think he'll end up playing a big role uh, in – behind Talapapa mm-hmm. already. Uh, but as far as Ronnie Walker goes, obviously he wasn't granted immediate eligibility. Uh, then they sent in an appeal. Uh, that was denied as well. 
Um, so now, apparently, we are still waiting on for that final appeal that mm-hmm. uh, they submitted not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't expect him to be ready for the beginning of the season next week, uh, but my, our hope is that maybe we can see him maybe for the Clemson or NC State game at that yeah. point. Uh, but, you know, so that's kind of the update on Ronnie Walker. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it, this is really important um, that, I mean, you know, fingers crossed that we can get him in, in a season where eligibility doesn't even count mm-hmm. according to the NCAA. It, it's makes, kind no, of, it makes no sense yeah. why you can't have, why yeah, it everybody make, can't play. It doesn't make any sense. It, may, it really makes you wonder like what's happening behind the scenes. There's like little rumors here and there about like paperwork and potential coaches opinions on the school he's coming from that possibly could be causing some roadblocks. Um, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm not going to assume that we're going to have him but I am a little cautiously optimistic that it might get approved at some point. Um, and it's really important for us. We only have two scholarship running backs on the team at this point. Um, Paris Jones is like the, the next guy up the third string. If, mm-hmm. if Ronnie Walker's not there and he's still a, a walk on player, obviously he's, he's done well and he earned his number in the first round of number selections this year. So that's impressive in its own right, but he's mostly just been a special teams guy. He hasn't really actually seen the field on offense before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that that's something that to keep your eye out on, um, you know, hopefully we get some good news here before the next time we record or maybe by next week. Um, but you know, just keep your eyes out for that. I think that's something that's really important for this team. And in case you haven't figured it out already, the NCAA is trash. And, <laughs> and they hate UVA. Nothing but a money grab. <laughs> they hate UVA, and they only value teams that matter to them and bringing the big bucks. So, on <laughs> that note, <laughs> <laughs> um, these are predictions. What you're going to get every week is – Game previews, recaps of the previous game. Um, we'll talk about any breaking news as far as the depth chart of the roster goes, any coaching breaking news as well. Um, we'll talk about you know other sports as well if you know it's if it's there. If, you know teams win championships, win big games. Um, we'll be sure to uh, show some love to the other fall sports as well. And mm-hmm. you know, then we'll also, you know, as far as the season goes, you know, we'll have basketball starting up and we'll talk baseball Remember. as well. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of excitement surrounding UVA sports coming up this year. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we can't wait to share it all with you guys. So be sure to give us a follow on our Twitter and Instagram page at ATR underscore pod. Um, you know, we're able to, fi- able to find all of our new episodes and any, any breaking news that are is Virginia sports related. And if you have any questions, comments, or just want to let us, let us know how we're doing or talk about UVA sports, feel free to give us a, uh, hit us up in our, in, uh, <laughs> DMs. <laughs> in our DMs. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, feel free to hit us up in our DMs and we will uh, respond to you when we can. And besides that, Hunter, do you have anything else for us? No, man, I'm just excited to hopefully get to see some football. I think that, you know, we're craving it at this point. Um, You know, I'm really, really excited to see our boys back out on the field, and they've worked really, really hard for this moment. Um, You know, they've been following these ridiculous protocols for months now, and it's just – it's going to be really rewarding to finally see them like take the field next weekend. So hope that everyone can tune in and, and, you know, enjoy the game from the comfort of their home while staying safe. Yep, exactly. Everyone have a good week and uh, enjoy the, enjoy your weekend and stay safe. And we will see you this upcoming week with our Duke preview. Go Hoos.